The Benjamin Dixon Show is only possible with listener support. Go to www.thebenjamindixonshow.com to register for our blog and join the Progressive Army. And now, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Benjamin Dixon Show. Me and my janky computer. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I promise. Um, welcome to the Tuesday, October 18th edition of the Benjamin Dixon Show slash the Will Fanoa. Because I didn't do my my show earlier this evening because I knew I'd be filling all on Ben. Um, welcome everyone. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. And be um, welcome to the Tuesday. Before I get started with the main, you know, with with some of the other topics I'm gonna talk about tonight, I have an awesome guest joining me to talk about some really. Well, really a very important topic that has not been talked about, not nearly enough um, in this, this general election cycle at all. I mean, actually barely even touched. Um, I'm joined tonight by Candace Fortune. Um, really excited to talk with you, sis, finally. <laughs> Candace, Candace is someone that I met through, like, you know, social media blast and Bernie work. And now we're here to talk about some more good work that you're involved in. Um, can you tell me just a little bit about the organization you're with and kind of what you guys have going on? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, after the work that I did on the burning I was just looking for like four issues. Candace, do you have the YouTube window open too? Oh, let's see. Just yeah. mute it. If you do, just mute it. Okay. There we go. Awesome. Oh no, 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 not you. You muted yourself. I mean like the if you if you have the YouTube window open, uh-huh. The YouTube window. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Got that. All right, cool. Awesome. Yeah. There we go. Beautiful. Great. So, so um, again, Candace yeah. Carson. <laughs> Great um, stuff. So yeah, I um, you know I was doing a lot of work um, this past year working on um, the Bernie Sanders campaign as a volunteer. Um, mm -hmm. We all know how that goes. We don't have to <laughs> go back on. The and you were in New York, so you were in like some of the thick of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the thick of it. Um, you know, I you know I testified against the Board of Elections, even you know with some of the voter issues that we were having. Um, you know, and coming off of that, I was looking for a pathway to stay involved with the election that would keep me engaged in something that felt really authentic. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, I was just going through some of the core issues and which candidate I can get behind and which um, party I can get behind to support that. Um, right. So for me, it was reproductive rights. That's such a fundamental issue, I believe, in this election. Um, I'm glad that Tim Kaine has finally started to discuss that. Um, he brought that up mm -hmm. in the last debate, and I'm happy that he went from being someone who was a little pro-life-ish and was having a bit of a voting right. in that direction to just taking a really, really strong stance and saying, I am pro-choice and there's, we are going to uphold Roe versus Wade. Um, I just want people to be able to understand the seriousness of that issue. Um, some of the right. legislation that the GOP um, locally and on a federal state level, um, and of course what Pence and Trump are talking about as well, is eradicating Roe versus Wade. 
um, they're introducing some ideas of legislation about um, jailing women if they commit abortion, mm -hmm. which is that could create such a severe impact on our society. Um, statistically, um, about one third of um, the female population in America have abortions. That's something okay. that I don't believe a lot of people know. Um, I believe we base a lot of that on the stigma. Um, a third of those women who have abortions are African-American. So what you're doing is you're creating this systematic, um, you know, a, a huge systematic um, oppression on women to indicate that they have to be jailed because they have an abortion. It's just the way that's going to affect society is obviously something that I don't think I could live in this country if that's something that happens. Um, now, to go back on that, the issues that I have most with um, the stigmas on um, reproductive health centers, on abortion clinics, is that it takes away people's access and education to other types of health care, not just abortion, but um, right. contraceptive health care for um, sex education, for um, preventative health care, for prenatal health care, for the health care of the mothers. Um, Texas took away about 50% of their um, abortion clinics. They ruled that in um, 2013 when they had stronger regulations. The increase of matricide that happened after that was incredible, and it did affect a lot of communities of color. Um, this is something that I want people to be cognizant of when they go to the polls. Um, Georgia, where you are, <laughs> I know that there's, you know, there's a, a lot of, um, you know, I, I, I hope that you guys will go blue at some point. You know, I really hope that. <laughs> I, I pray for you guys. You know, I was in Atlanta um, this past um, summer, and I, I heard about the ruling with the Georgia Supreme Court to name a bridge after the Ku Klux Klan. Was I wrong about that? That happened. Right. So there's a lot to fight against, but I just want people to be very cognizant to know that there are a lot of local legislators who are running for office who are pretty mm -hmm. adamant about keeping up this pro-life agenda, which isn't pro-life, actually. It can affect your life if you are lower income and you don't have the resources for prenatal care, for, um, for the care of the mother, or even preventative medicine so that you don't get right. in a situation where you are not financially able to take care of your child. So the project that I'm working on is Vote Pro-Choice. I'm the community engagement lead. And my job is to identify the local candidates and um, all, all the states. We're the first nationwide voter guide to do this, where we focus on pro-choice candidates. So okay. what you do is you go on pollvault.com slash vote pro-choice, and you enter in your zip code, and it'll give you a list of all the candidates who are either pro-choice or pro-life, and it can help you inform your decision when you go to the polls. So... That's what we're okay. working on right now. We're still building out our list. Um, we're definitely trying to um, identify more in Georgia. I've identified quite a few pro-life people <laughs> in Georgia, but we are yes. for um, more people on the other side of the fence with that. Um, and yeah, that's basically what our project is. Great. Um, you just you talked you touched on a few different things that are really good. I just do want to go back to one thing you said about Tim Kaine because that was one thing that I know was a huge huh yeah when, when he was selected was because he did have this this not so distant history of being you know a conservative democrat and not as pro you know choice as we would like to see 
And now it definitely seems like the right policy people have been sitting with him and talking with him, or he has evolved and come to the right conclusions. But but we do need people who are willing to go on the record, whatever their personal, you know, because we all have our personal positions and thoughts about things. But when you are in a position to make decisions for the masses, we definitely need people who are going to think about the whole, particularly when we're talking about male legislators, right? Like yeah. this is an issue that this this is we talk about reproductive choice. Like women effectively have that that choice taken from them by 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 male legislators who don't even think about what is possibly happening in our lives and in our world. And right. the second thing that I thought that was great that you brought up were uh, uh, the other when, when you're closing, you know, uh, abortion clinics, when you're closing Planned Parenthood centers, when you're closing these community health centers, you're you're denying access to poor women and in many cases, women of color. I mean, you know, mammogram services and things like that, right? Like like, like much needed services are being being deprived. And, and um, so that's, so what are you, like, do you just, like, what do you, what are, what are some of the factors you're using to, to determine who's pro-life versus pro-choice? Because like, there are some, so many gradations within that, that spectrum. Right. Um, well, we do. Um, we have investigated a lot of lists that were already um, available online. We went mm-hmm. um, okay. on list on now. Lady Justice Parts has identified a lot of the pro-life people in a, a really humorous way. Um, mm-hmm. There are quite a few, and we were able to actually bounce off of a lot of pro-life groups as well who have a lot of endorsements. Um, for me personally, um, we do um, a project with volunteers where we have them literally go district to district and send a questionnaire asking three fundamental things. Do you believe that Roe versus Wade should be upheld? Do you believe that um, abortion should be a legal right for, for everyone? Um, what Are there any kind of exceptions for that rule? I think if you are pro-choice, there are no exceptions. It is your choice. Right. So things, you know, it has to be a very, it, it does have to be a decisive thing at a certain point. Um, and we just use that basic line of questioning to reach out to uh, potential candidates and see if they're willing to identify themselves. You would be surprised. Like I've, uh, I've tried certain red states where people don't want to be identified as such. And it's just mm-hmm. 2015, but people are, they're pro-choice, but they're still afraid to be identified because okay. of their election. So we have to be very careful about that as well. But um, at the same time, I think it is time to push this conversation further to um, make it not so much of a stigma where candidates realize that this is something that is of value. I mean, women are the majority of this country. If, right. You know, if women, if all women voted against Trump, we would be 100% blue in the entire, <laughs> every single state. And it, it's something to be cognizant of. I mean, it affects all women. It either affects you as a woman, it either affects your mother or your friend. Right, like, right. You know, anyone. You know, there's so many different circumstances where Planned Parenthood, or at least the ideology of Planned Parenthood, having accessibility and having education is necessary. I can't imagine a single woman who wouldn't need these resources in one way or another, either to make an informed decision or to be able to um, have the legal protection to do so. And I, and, and I think that's an excellent point because it's, it's even if you personally don't foresee or don't believe it would be an issue, it's the fact that it's available, right? I mean, it's like the emergency room. You don't necessarily anticipate going to the emergency room. You don't plan on going there, but the fact that it's available to provide you needed care, you know, like it's there and it's amenable, you know, it's available to all. I also like what you were saying. We were talking about how like, giving examples of like, we're talking about Pence in Indiana, right? Um, um, you know, th- there there are instances and in, in the way 
Indiana, the state of Indiana with, you know, Mike Pence as governor has so repressed, you know, access to abortion has even criminalized Mm -hmm. um, and in in many ways even frustrated the the process, even by mandating that that women, you know, have basically funerals in some cases. It's, it's, it's this level of insanity. And, you know, for, for people watching, it's, this is not like, you know, you need to, I'm, like I always tell you, I'm not going to tell you how to vote, but at the same time, we do need to pay attention to what's happening at the state and local level and how this is informing, you know, this national conversation, this national dialogue. Like you gave a perfect example with Texas as well. I mean, there's so many places where this is happening, where we do have this denial of access occurring to fit particular agenda. Um, that's coming down the pipeline. And that that is something that we do need to be committed to supporting. So even if you personally, you know, don't have, don't feel like you have a stake, you have skin in the game, it is something to be aware of. And and, and so how, how are you guys finding, like, how are you organizing um, nationwide? You know, I know you, you know, you're, you're contacting, like, what are you, what is the process? Like, how can people get in touch with you? Like, how are you organizing this effort um, as a community engagement specialist? Uh, right. So what volunteers do is that they um, literally will look up the candidate and we'll look up their campaign office and give them a call. We try to okay. find people who are locally based because sometimes if they're super volunteers, they may want to meet the candidate. They may have a different right. like, idea about like what this candidate's environment is. You know, I have someone who's in rural Pennsylvania who understands um, how to have that conversation more than I would. You know, um, or I get referred to someone in like South Dakota, but they may have a better understanding of like the climate there than I would being a New Yorker who's just like, right. I want. Um, so that's mainly where we're coming from. Um, we're also taking initiatives to promote um, these candidates' campaigns. Oftentimes, there, there does tend to be an alignment between people who are more progressively affiliated and the mm-hmm. amount of resources they have and the amount of support they have. So um, we do encourage um, volunteering for the campaigns. Um, we also put out there if someone wants to host a meet and greet with a candidate or something like that, okay. introduce conversations about reproductive rights. That's completely on the table. If someone wants to build content, make a PSA, that's completely great too. So we leave the door open for people, but fundamentally in terms of getting the information, it really is a very um, super grassroots initiative of looking up the district, calling the campaign office, and seeing if they can just answer those three questions. If they can do it, then um, we just put them in the vault. And if they want to further engage with you promoted, then we can help them with that, too. Okay. And and how are you... Let's see how I wear this. Like, how are you, how are you guys, how, how is it going with getting the word out about the program? Like, what can, what can people who are watching, what can we do to help, you know, spread the word, get more information out? And, um, yeah. Yeah, what you can do is take the pledge. It's on Mm voteprochoice.us. Take the pledge, and there's uh, multiple choices for um, ways to engage, like from creating content, recruiting people, hosting an event. That information will go directly to me. And um, I'll be able to get back to people and figure out like where they can engage and where they can help out. You know, if you're only able to do a couple of hours a week, well, cool. So you just, um, we'll give you right. this list of people to look up and investigate. And um, that's, if that's what you can do. That's what you can do. So that's, that's the first step to start. Um, right now we have a database of about 2 million people, which is great. Um, we've had tons of pledges and 
But, you know, the more the merrier. I don't think there's any way to really stop this. I don't think yeah. there's, you know, um, it's just going to be an ongoing process. But um, we've entered so far, I think, about 5,000 candidates um, um, on pro-life and pro-choice. And there's okay. thousands more to go. <laughs> so, yeah. if, if, if people in Georgia, you know, are interested, I mean, I can give my email. Um, it's Candice at VoteProChoice.us, C-A-N-D-I-C-E, at VoteProChoice.us. Email me, let me know if you're interested, and I'll get you started right away. So um, Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Very awesome. So just and just just anything else you think that folks need to know about this topic, about the organization, about your work um, in general? Yeah, I mean, honestly, this is um, this is our first go around with this. We're the first nationwide um, voter guide that is focused on pro-choice. So, you know, we're a startup, but um, we're dedicated to pushing this conversation forward. Um, I would say just take the pledge and you will be um, updated on um, events. On We have a lot mm-hmm. of organizing that's happening um, in New York and a lot of groups that we're supporting. Um, we have some things happening in Texas and California. Um, so Very we're cool. happy to, you know, and if people want to be involved and know about how to support candidates, that's really the best way to do it because we can keep you informed via email. Um, we have a Facebook group as well, um, a community group where people can plug in. So if they're interested in any of that information, we can definitely provide it once they take the pledge. Okay, great. I mean, definitely, I mean, getting people active, involved, engaged, this is one of the things I talk about all the time, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, around issues, but also state and local level candidates. You know, we talk so much about, you know, the presidential election, we'll talk some about Congress, but those, those, that is really important. But at the same time, a lot of these instances when we're talking about particularly we're talking about the issue of choice. We're talking about threats to choice. It's happening at the state level with the way these, these different rulings and laws are being passed. I mean, also looking at judiciary elections, judicial elections as well, because Mm -hmm. state level judges um, are making a lot of these decisions sometimes about the legitimacy of laws being passed. And it's crucial to have the look for people who actually understand the importance of of value of these issues. So this This is a great project. Thank you. Yeah. For- I would say, you know, even look at something like the school board, to be honest with you, I mm. mean, like, you know, okay. will we have sex education anymore? Will we teach people like, you know, how to, right. like, I mean, it can trickle down to that. I really believe I'm a big believer. And I guess probably most people are that, you know, politics does affect the culture that you're in. So the minute that you're in a, yes. a world where, you know, women's bodies are being policed and they're told that they don't have a right, it just trickles down to this point that could be really dangerous, I think. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty on board for this. And um, I'm just hoping, you know, again, not telling people who to vote for, but um, definitely hoping that Trump doesn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> Fundamentally. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of other elections to focus on for sure. So um, Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, definitely. So what's your, give me the website. Give us the website one more time. Sure. It's a votepro-choice.us. Takes about 30 seconds. Just take the pledge, put in your email and you'll hear back from us. Awesome. Well, thank you, Candice. I'm, I'm, yeah, that's good. I'll have to chop it up some more. Yeah, definitely. Some more. And then I'll look and see about some folks down this way. Okay. Um, Probably some metro areas, folks, for sure. <laughs> Outside the metro area, probably not. Right. But um, we'll definitely uh, follow up with you about, about Georgia specifically. And if anybody else out there is interested in, you know, um, reproductive choice as a whole, 
um, take the pledge, go on the website, votepro-choice.us, take the pledge. It only takes about 30 seconds, Candace says. Uh, check it out because, I mean, it's definitely, we need to be building around these issues. We can't just leave it up to the people, you know, that get elected to make sure it's done properly. Yeah. So, awesome. So check it out. This website's up on the screen. Um, Candace, thank you so much for, I, I know it was last minute, but I appreciate oh, you hopping okay. on. Yeah. talking about this. this is really we have three weeks left people to election day and there are some some folks out there that you probably this may be one of the issues that you want to look at a little bit closely definitely thank you so much for having me thank you let's talk some more um i'll follow up with you let's talk some more cool sounds good all right great have thank a good you. night Bye. see this is what i'm talking about people like i talk about this you know, I talk a lot. I know I talk about a lot of things, but seriously, that, that is, that is, you know, an upstart group that just decided like, we're going to categorize people nationwide so that if reproductive choice, if that is an issue that you're, you're interested in, this is where candidates across the country stand. Um, and we do, we focus so much on what's going on with, with the, with the national election and yeah, I'll get to the crap show in a minute. Um, we focus so much on that. We forget that a lot of the legislation, a lot of the issues that affect our daily lives are happening at the state and local level. Um, so I, I, I just had to bring Candace on cause you know, I, I was sick a couple of days ago and we were supposed to talk chat, but so hopefully you guys will check that out, share the information with someone else. Um, so tonight I want to just kind of, I want, I want, if you guys want to call in, well, I got a dare. So here at Progressive Army, you know, it's all fun. We're all brothers and sisters and cousins and play, play and real, real, all that good stuff. Um, got a dare to do something. And Michael Salomon does not think I'm going to do it, but I'm actually going to do it. And if Ben gets mad, it's Michael's fault because he dared me and I'm not a chicken. He double dog dared me. So um, call in 678-810-0089. Apparently, we're going to talk about the election. So apparently, um, there's a lot going on right now. It's a crap show. It's literally a crap show here in Atlanta. (laughs) Well, actually right outside of Atlanta. So today, apparently, um, there was a DNC, you know, there was a DNC Hillary Clinton tour bus, uh, you know, RV, whatever, coming through town coming through the area now i don't know some of you may have seen that post before about there's a trump bus that i've seen by my house in the city of atlanta (sighs) i have considered putting sugar in the gas tank but you know character fitness and all that jazz i'm not trying to get get charges or worse but um i've considered it but anyway so there was a clinton bus or i think it's a dnc bus maybe it was a it was double duty i'm not really sure double duty It's funny, promise. Anyway, so Lawrenceville is a little outside of the city of Atlanta. It's in Gwinnett County. Gwinnett County is most definitely Trump country. Um, Gwinnett County has actually had the largest, I think, change in population demographics in the country in the shortest period of time. Um, and, and, And there is a lot of anxiety about those people coming in. You know, a lot of that rhetoric we hear from Donald Trump's folks so there is a lot of that type of anxiety and stuff in that area. Um, but anyway, so the, apparently this bus pulls over on the side. They call it a highway. But I mean, if any of you guys have lived in like, I don't more rural or even like uh, suburban areas, you have things called highways. And it's a highway. Technically, it's like a state highway, but it's still a big street. Right. 
This is not like you. They pulled over into some place. Supposed to, we pulled over on the side of the street in front of an O'Reilly's, you know, in front of a strip mall, and apparently the bus driver let out all the waste. They pulled double duty. They let the duty out. So Michael Salomon's there was not only to talk about the story, which I said I would, but it was also to ask you, have you ever pooped in public? <laughs> okay, don't blame me, Ben. I'm having a little fun tonight. Okay. Um, that was Michael. But seriously though, they, they let they let human waste out and let it go down a storm drain on the side of a street. Like this is a public street right here. Um now obviously, you know, this is the bus driver that did this or whatever. Um, the response from the DNC was that they didn't realize that it was a violation. I don't whether it's a violation of code, law, regs, whatever, or not. Who the hell thinks it's okay to let loose crap and tissue and stuff on the side of a public road? Like, so literally how they have the picture is people, you know, there were some people and I saw on some threads again, I'm here local. I saw some threads. I saw some people say like they actually drove up to watch the bus come into town um, into the the, the uh, office, that the campaign office that's up there. And people were discussing because they literally watch this is broad daylight. It's in the morning. The dude opens up the thing and it's just crap just coming down, running down, you know, and I guess there was crap and um, they had to call out, you know, the, the hazmat. Um, so the police are investigating, you know, they're investigating to see if there was any violations. Um, and, and the DNC has said they'll cooperate, you know, they'll, they'll talk to the driver and stuff. And so far the, char- the driver has not been fined, cited or charged otherwise, but like, this is tacky. This is like really tacky, especially as, you know, earlier in the week, we had Nate Silver and others talking about, ooh, Georgia might be in play. Do you think Georgia's going to be in play when you're literally letting crap flow through our streets? Like this election, like, like, like this was the most insane thing I saw today. Well, not really, but it was rather funny. I mean, just watching the video, um, you know, of, of the, the, the broadcaster, local broadcaster talking about this. It's kind of like, I'm sure he really, yeah. So we have crap flowing literally down the streets um, here down in Georgia. Thanks, DNC. We're stronger together. Um, next thing today, Trump is scared. <laughs> Yo, if I saw, if I saw a sign like this, and I, I did not, I, I've read what the translation is, but my, I meant to show it to my daughter. My daughter takes Arabic and she takes Mandarin. Um, she was actually one day, she was actually yelling at my son in, in Arabic. I'm like, what language? She's saying it so, she was talking so slow and so like maniacal. I was like, what language are you even speaking? Like, what the hell are you learning at school? She goes, oh, it's Arabic. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm scared of you. No, I'm just joking. But Donald Trump is definitely scared of the billboard that went up in Michigan today. Or I don't know if it was today, but I know it was reported today. Um, there's a billboard, trumpiscared.org. And the billboard is in Arabic. The whole thing is in Arabic. And then at the end, it says Donald Trump's name. Look at that. <laughs> and it's like, it is so wild. And I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, I'm not necessarily on board with this whole week. The, the defeat Trump is the moral imperative thing. But at the same time, I love watching him get his ass handed to him. This sign is so cool. And it says that, based, I think to paraphrase, it says Donald Trump does not know what this says. 
but he knows he's afraid or something, something like that, paraphrasing loosely. Um, it, it's so wild, though, that this was done. And kudos to whoever, who shout out to whoever did this. Um, it's brilliant. And it definitely will, 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 I think it definitely put the fear of God in him today. Um, but, but, you know, Michigan has a very large, Dearborn, Michigan has a very large um, Islamic population, um, Arab population. We saw, we saw that, that, that tipped the scale for Bernie Sanders in, um, in Michigan during the primary. And so, you know, when folks come out and decide that they are going to vote for or against something, whatever they're choosing to do, but they doing it and they're taking a stand for their community. And I, I can appreciate that because what I do notice there, there, there are certain blocks of voters that are just like on the bandwagon, right? Trump is bad. We're on the bandwagon. But there are others that that have activism imbued with what they're doing. And I think this is an example of that activism from from certain communities right here, because, yes, they're calling him out. Um, but at the same time, they're, they're very clearly I see so many people, even though they've said publicly that they will vote for Secretary Clinton, they're still calling her out. You know, they're still talking about her problematic policies or what she would and would not support or, or what President Obama is doing right now. So so I can appreciate and respect that. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you feel like, you know, Trump is going to be this way, but you're still holding the other person accountable, you know, kudos to you. I don't know that I'm going to be right there with you, but kudos. Um, still yet to be seen. We have, we have three weeks. You have three weeks to go, people. Um, but definitely pay attention to what's going on with your, with your state and local elections. You know, here in Atlanta, we have, uh, um, we have, I think it's four, we have four different proposed, uh, well, not here in Atlanta, here in Georgia, we have four different proposed uh, constitutional amendments. And one of them has to do with letting our Republican governor, Governor Deal, who's an idiot, um, basically take over, quote unquote, failing schools. So there's been a strong movement. It's been very interesting, actually, to see a lot of the school districts, even in places that are more generally conservative areas, people are opposed up and down the state, across the across the cell state. Um, there's actually a screening tonight of a documentary based on the experiences of a similar opportunity school district uh, in New Orleans and the failures and challenges resulting from there. So there's a lot going on um, in this election cycle. Education is something else that has not been touched at all. Um, when I talk about education, I'm talking about K through 12. You know, there's a lot of conversation. I think there might have been a mention maybe before about pre-K or early childhood, maybe. Um, and of course, they talked about debt-free college. But, you know, you can't even get to college if you can't even get through those those years, K-12 education. And, and, and for some would argue that our state of education is in a crisis here in America. Um, actually, the NAACP just passed a resolution a few days ago um, we're calling for a moratorium on, on charter school development. And um, the like I mentioned last week, there was the um, Ed Walk up in New York. So there's a whole conglomeration of teachers and educators and community activists who are working around these issues who are really calling for a halt on some of the existing policies that exist to really take a stock at what's going on for our public schools and provide options like building community schools, you know, making sure that schools have wraparound supports and other um, initiatives to, to help the communities actually grow and do better. Like schools potentially could be an anchor for, for, for community development and success 
and not just a place where we send the little people, you know, for X amount of hours a day. Um, caller, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? And what's your question or comment? Uh, my name is JP. I'm calling from a hotel room in Detroit. JP, how are you? <laughs> what's your comment or question? Hey, I'm good. You in I'm Michigan. Good. Hey, yeah, what's I'm your comment or question? Video, but I thought a video in a hotel room just don't sound, it sounds Trumpish. So I said, I'm just going to call. <laughs> hey, look, man, just wanted to see how you guys felt. Um, really good. I, I see you had a conversation going. Love what you guys are doing to know. I love what you're being about. I just really wanted to just see, you know, it's been a while since I had a chance to talk to you folks and online anyway and in front of uh, the PA. So just really wanted to talk about what actually is happening and, what, and what's my uh, – What's ruffle today? I'm just gonna call it ruffle. I'm 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 trying to work on my non-cussing, so I'm just gonna call it I'm ruffled. And I'm ruffled by the media. The media has ruffled me with their with their utterness to be fair and balanced about calling everybody out on their BS. And these folks mm-hmm. to me, I look at Trump that they won't call Hillary out on her BS. Everybody knows that her transcripts from those um, Wall Street meetings as well as this email now that's come out for the potential quid pro quo, and I'm going to call it potential because it didn't go through. But the idea that these things happened on her watch, and you think they did this without her knowing now, but they won't even give it no play. And so I I, I do some uh, unscientific research to see how long all all Trump all day works. Trump making them some money because they won't talk about nothing else for him. They don't want him to win. And I just wanted to see what you think, Anoa. What do you think about that? Well, I do think that if, if I do think that there is a tension, right, with, with, with the media and their need for ratings and the money that they generate from ad buys and things like that, when they have, you know, they have higher ratings, they make more money. And I really do think that Donald Trump is the train wreck that America has been waiting for in terms of really bringing back some ratings and people watching, you know, these, these news shows. However, on the flip side, you know, it's supposed to be news, right? Like a lot of this stuff is very sensationalized. It's very, we're not, like you said, we're not really talking about where we don't have fair dealings and what's going on. I mean, we had honest journalism about what was happening with, the, with what's coming out in the WikiLeaks. I actually agree with Professor Lessig, Professor Lessig, who um, attempted to, 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 to run and who wasn't actually allowed to take the debate stage in the primaries. Um, you know, Professor Lessig uh, basically said in a blog post that um, what's being released through WikiLeaks, if it's of public interest and affects the public good, then he thinks, you know, it should be. But other stuff, like we've seen some things like people's personal conversations and stuff, because it's just a straight dump, right? Um, so there were some things that I, I agree were sensitive and, and should not have been, you know, people's very sensitive personal business should not be released. Now, I know we've talked a couple of different people have mentioned the fact that, um, you know, near attending some of her tirades and stuff are absolutely relevant. That's not necessarily just private talk, you know, her approach and attitude to different issues and people of, of also similar import is relevant because of what potential um, position she may hold in the Clinton administration. So I do think the fact that there is 
the, the coverage from the likes of like Joy Reid, for example, is to basically not only insinuate, but to say that they're false or that it's illegal to read them. This just it's, just, it's just been so much that's been going on and it's orchestrated and it's so heavy handed. And it's like, instead of admitting, it's like when your kids do something wrong and you really like are in an understanding place and you're, you might like go easy on them. Right. You're, you're still they're still going to get punished. It's still going to be a little difficult and it's not going to be a good day that you had planned already. When your kids do something stupid and they double down, they dig in, they lie and they just dig a deeper hole and make it even worse. And it gets to that point where there's no coming back. You can't come back from it. You can't rehabilitate whatever the situation was. You just stuck. And I think that's where we're at now. Like the DNC you know, and, and many people have been written and talk about this. Um, Nina Turner, I think, had remarks a couple of days ago about this. The DNC has just dug in so deep. Like, people, there was a very heavy-handed, uneven, you know, biased experience from the moment the primary, even before the primary came. What has come out in the, you know, what has come out in the, um, you know, what has come out in the, in the leaks, if this were, you know, if, if this were a trial... Right. That would be impeachment evidence. Right. Well, you said that you blah, 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 blah. Well, this says on this date that actually, no, you did not. Um, you know, even with trying to figure out how can we show support for the movement in terms of 515. Right. Because they want that 515 vote, but they don't want to necessarily come out and say 515, 515. And we saw that tension play out and it would get called out. So now here we are three weeks we are three weeks. I promise I'm not my, my voice. I already don't have a singing voice and I was sick this weekend. So I'm not even going to try singing for you. But, you know, I, I was thinking about the, the song with Rihanna and Kanye earlier, four to five seconds, you know, and then she's like three to five, whatever. I was like, well, we three weeks from the crap show, except for the crap show happened today here in Georgia. But, um, but no, seriously, like we're not having honest discourse happening Yes, Trump is bad. Trump is evil. Trump is X, Y, and Z. But Trump is also the monster that media and others have enabled and built him up to be. He most definitely has to take personal accountability for who he is in his stuff. But he's also been built up to be this way. You see, Billy Bush got, got I think it's between nine, ten million dollars. Uh, Billy Bush is, Bush is out. You know, I didn't realize he was a Bush. Like, I knew his last name was Bush, but I figured that was like a porn name or something like that, stage name. I didn't know Billy Bush was a Bush, like Jeb and W's cousin. Um, so it's, it's wow, so, now I, I get the jokes either. about everyone saying, oh, ha, 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 the Bushes got Trump after all. But anyway, but they were saying that NBC has actually paid out, I think it's $40 million in the past few years to get rid of people who had issues. And it's like, one, okay, kudos to their lawyers, because those people had really good contracts. Um, but two, clearly um, NBC, and this is actually Rose McGowan. Um, okay, I'll call her just one second. Rose McGowan, <laughs> actress um, and former paramour of, uh, uh, oh my God, I can't, uh, Marilyn Manson. Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan went on a tirade recently about how Hollywood needs to stop protecting sexual predators. I absolutely agree with her because the issue we're having right now is not just a Trump issue and everyone can just make it out to be Trump is so evil. Trump is who Trump is, but Trump is not the only one. Trump Trump is one of many people in power who are enabled and allowed to abuse, misuse, not just women, but people in general and a, and a system and an audience. Um, and, and it has to, we, we can't just you know, everyone's all gung-ho now. And then in three weeks when he loses, be like, oh, I mean, okay, everything's back to normal. That's not okay. Caller, 
name and where you're calling from and what's your question or comment? Hi, this is Dita from San Leandro. How are you? I'm good. Um, How are you doing? I'm just um, just really kind of appalled with um, how we address um, this campaign in terms of whether or not we're trying to move toward more progressive um, thinking and how we message um, our um, get our message out. If we don't have use certain words and stick to it and be cohesive in how we get our our message out, instead of having either kind of be kind of be balanced like just what the guy just was talking about as far as the media, how um, uh, the indifference and balance and how they focused on um, um, on Trump. Um, Trump didn't just uh, appear through the media to just make him. This is a, um, a history of how the Republican Party has um, enacted how their policy and what their um, what their thinking is and their think tanks and so forth has been doing. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with Hillary Clinton and the DNC. They've been practicing this same behavior of um, of, of money and um, and power and using that to hold over certain candidates like the Black Caucus, different um, um, taking money from corporations and acting uh, what they want to do. Just like when you look at Haiti, I watched a document doc, a documentary on Haiti. And that was just, mm-hmm. I had to go back and think about, um, just to look at the, um, how uh, foreign policy, when we were talking about foreign policy last week on Ben, on ben Show. And um, you look at Haiti and um, look at... Uh, 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 Libya, you look at uh, yeah. uh, the, uh, the, uh, 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 the Brazil, the Spanish co- countries, America, they go in and call them, we use the word, call them dictators. But mm-hmm. it, uh, just like in Haiti, they had a, 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 a fair election. And um, what happened is the United States didn't want that because it came up from the ground up from the people. Uh, he was interested in working, fixing issues to deal with the people um, that uh, didn't have that, that the the money, you know, have the jobs, it wasn't prestige, right. and they didn't like that. And that's what America, uh, United States, has been doing around all these different countries. They don't, they want to keep the suppressed of the poor down, and the uh, uh, even the educated just to uphold what they want to do is take the grass of their land and use um, terrorism as a uh, as a way to go in. And the same thing with Russia. You know, it just amazes me how all of a sudden now Russia can go in there and do. Hillary's been setting this up the DNC. If you look at how she did with the with the um, with the um, with the the, the the leaks with the uh, uh, the leaks. All of a sudden now it's Russia, Donald Trump. It's just a pure setup. It's a game, and we're not paying attention to it deep, deep enough. We're not connecting the dots. I agree with you. And I think actually, I think everyone should actually check out because I think to that point, there's a really good piece um, in The Root today by Kirsten uh, West Savali with um, vice presidential candidate Ajamu Baraka with the Green Party, basically um, talking about talking talking about that. Um, the title is Green Party VP nominee Ajamu Baraka we must disrupt our relationship to the Democratic Party. And I absolutely agree with that. Like one of the quotes that I, that I pulled out, um, by the attention being focused on Trump, we are missing the fact that there is a political realignment taking place where significant elements on the right 
are in the process of coalescing with the right with the right wing of the Democratic Party to form a new kind of political formation. And I, I really do think that that we're talking about how we engage in changing our language and approach and discourse is absolutely correct. I do think that there is a large portion of people, and we'll see to what degree this works in terms of actual turnout come three weeks from tonight. Um, but but we do have to change our relationship for even for those people. There was a letter in, in these times from 40, I think it's 43 activists, many of whom I, I deeply respect. Um about basically how we, we're looking, this vote is about what landscape we want our movements to grow in and, and how we have a better chance with the Secretary Clinton versus Donald Trump. And like I said, I'm not advocating you know, for supporting him. I think he's a freaking disaster and he's a mongrel. But at the same time, I think to say that there is this better atmosphere to be in because the atmosphere that exists to allow that Donald Trump, that Donald Trump is existing in now has existed before him and will continue to exist after him. That atmosphere is in the culture. It's in the nature. It's in the fiber of what it is to be America. And Hillary Clinton and her campaign are just a toned down version of it. They are not necessarily a quote unquote better version. I mean, we still have a Democratic president, which she served as Secretary of State, and she has already shown that she's in favor of restricting internet access and other means that we use all to communicate and get our messaging out, right? Like, like there are so many things that are problematic. We've seen drone strikes against American citizens. I mean, we've seen the the, the President Obama sign the Detention Act. There are things that have happened, and both they, they supported the Patriot Act. And the Patriot Act, if they declare you a terrorist, I mean, when you look at the definition of terrorism, right, when you look at the definition of domestic terrorism, and you look at the reluctance of the def that definition of that title being applied to anyone other than if black or brown people, you know, like like it's it's not that much of a leap before these different provisions like the Patriot Act one and two, like the Detention Act, like all these other different things they come up with can be used against people who are organized. We've already seen in the past week how Facebook and Twitter and others were, were helping law enforcement agencies spy. We have a COINTELPRO 2.0. You know, we've already seen in our not so distant past in the 60s how the federal government, along with local police forces, not only spied and conspired against black activists, but actually assassinated. I mean, Mark Clark and Fred Hampton were murdered in their bed. They were asleep and the Chicago Police Department ran up and shot up the whole apartment. Like that's not conjecture. That's not conspiracy therapy. That's fact. That's proven undeniable fact. So so we've seen we've seen what people have been capable of when they when they feed into certain rhetorics about, you know, protecting the country and all this other stuff. So I I don't know that I think it's I think it's misguided to think that we're gonna have a better time as activists organizing around issues, we're gonna have a different challenge with each of them. Um, I prefer not to have to deal with Donald Trump, but I do think that to the point back that, that Baraka makes in his in this in this interview, and there are several different sections in this interview. He talks about several different areas and issues. He talks about the black radical tradition. I mean, it's just so much going on. But this this portion, because we've seen this, you know, coming out of the DNC going into the trail and the general election, Hillary Clinton swings right. 
You know, some people say, well, she was always right. Well, well, it's a very clear swung right, right? They've, they've been constantly touting. There are even Republican bundlers and other people who have been fundraising for her. Like, it's it's kind of wild seeing this happen. And we're cheering for people, oh, not we, you know, the euphemistic we. We, as in Democrats, are cheering like, oh, so-and-so is supporting her. Oh, the Bush family. Oh, this. Okay, but that's not translating to down ballots. That's not translating to the progressives that we need to actually be electing at the state and local and congressional level as well. You know, I just saw a piece before I came on with the Hill, um, must win, must win Senate seats. Dems are struggling. Now there just was an infusion of cash. We're three weeks out and there's just now an infusion in cash to, to, I think it was seven different races from the Hillary victory fund. Three weeks out, you know, three, four weeks out, you're just now starting to think that maybe you need to kind of work with progressives to get something happening. You know, I don't care how much you talk to move on or whatever other organization, but at the same time, there's there's something really amiss happening in the way they've been going about, you know, this election cycle. And it's it's hubris. Hubris is a downfall. And if this election does not work, work out the way the Dems think it should, it's because of hubris. It's because of a failure to adapt and adjust to the changing times. And it, it, it's just it's just. I mean, lip service and all that jazz. You know, today, um, Tim, vice presidential candidate Tim Kaine was in uh, Detroit talking about poverty. Um, and, 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 you know, I was reading some of the remarks, whatever. And I'm like, okay, some of this sounds, you know, kind of good. It still misses a lot of elements and stuff. But at the same time, you know, some of it sounded a little too war on poverty rhetoric, which we've already known has been a failed effort. I, I'm, I'm sure there'll be some new welfare reform bill down the line, which will make us all roll our eyes and want to choke somebody but but let's look at one of the things they listed as one of the there are three different areas for anti-poverty measures and one of those areas included language about gun control and universal background checks what the hell does that have to do with poverty like i'm really trying to understand how is that an anti-poverty measure universal background checks i can't eat like universal background checks ain't going to feed me that's that's not going to make sure my kids are going to a decent school. Like, like, they're, they're like, like, I just feel like they just throw stuff in there anywhere. Cause they, they just want to get points. And that's one thing that sticks out as me is why <laughs> to, to quote Wednesday Adams and the second Adams family, you know, when she's talking to Sarah Miller, she's like, we can't break bread with you. She's like, you know, your hair is, you're so beautiful. Your hair is like the golden sun and this, that, and the other. And you're so nice, but we can't break bread with you. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> but I do think everyone should definitely check out that Root article. I'm going to tweet it out earlier. I'll tweet it out again when we're done. But just to kind of wrap up a little bit, because, oh, caller, you're on the line. What's your name? Number? What's your name? Not your number. Don't give out your number. What's your name? Where are you calling from? And what's your comment or question? Uh, I'm no, hey, David. This is Bryce. Hey, Bryce. How are you? Doing good. Um, so... The only thing about everything that's happening that's kind of rubbed me the wrong way is how the Republicans are kind of coming out. Some have come out and kind of, how they kind of act like, you know, like they're the best choice and that, you know, you elect us and we'll make everything all right. When, when it's really nonsense because when, you, when the right. Republicans are in charge and especially their platform, it's just horrible. It's just embarrassing. Right. And, it's, and it's like when, when they were pre- when they were in control, being president and everything, they just just did the country in horribly. And yes, of course, we know 
Hillary is not good, and it's going to be, if she wins, it's going to be a rough, possible rough four, four years, honestly. You have to fight in primary, do we have to do to, um, you know, stop a lot of the madness in a sense. Right. But, but when Republicans come out, and come out with this whole, you know, we're, we're the best ones, and we're going to do this stuff, all this good stuff, and then when Trump comes to talk about, you know, poverty and black people, like, we understand that the issues, but we had tried to, like, I'm going to do something really fix it. That's BS. Y'all been under the Southern strategy. Y'all been under all these things. You had to, like, you know, we're going to make everything better. That's just nonsense. Yeah. And that's, that's the only thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. We know about the Democrat issues, but Republicans don't act like y'all just this yep. savior. That's just, that's not me. I think that's a great segue into one of the last points I wanted to make. Before I say that, um, okay, everybody tonight, um, the the check out the Chicago Bond Fund on Twitter. Um, there is a birthday fundraiser happening right now. The Chicago Bond Fund, for those who are not available, and then I'm gonna get to Bryce's point because I want, but I want to say this before I forgot. Chicago Bond Fund for those who are not available, and there might be a, there are other bail and bond funds around, but this is one of the bigger ones that I know of. Um, the Chicago Bond Fund basically basically helps people who can't afford, you know, to make bail, to make bond. And, you know, there are a lot of people who are overcharged. Um, they're set with high bonds for very minor occurrences. And, you know, without being able to make bond, they otherwise language in the system when, you know, that lack of access, that lack of resources. So if you do have it, if you can check out the Chicago bond fund on Twitter, I'll tweet that link out as well. Um, they they are you know it's they're raising money i mean they're raising money always but they're raising money today in particular um one of the one of the the activists behind you know some of the free brisha uh uh, work it's her birthday and and has asked that people donate to chicago community bond fund um and so i just wanted to throw that out there before i got to what bryce is talking about with the republicans because the republicans are actually aggravating me and and not just republicans but some of my good bernie liberal progressive friends, but then I realized someone reminded me, like, not everybody who supports Bernie is a quote-unquote progressive, right? Because Bernie attracted a wide range of people for a wide range of reasons, and I got to keep that in mind as well, but I saw this quote that someone posted on Twitter. Um, It's been a long day, so I can't remember which one of you it was, but um, shout out, and if I can remember who it was, I'll definitely, you know, tweet you and give you a shout out, but um, you know, we, we look at like all this movement work and stuff like that. And okay, we're talking about growing support, but is growing support the same thing as actually growing power, growing access, right? Like I thought this was a really brilliant statement because yeah, we have the numbers, yeah, we're growing support, but are we growing our access to power? Are we growing power and how do we do that? And that's a conversation we need to have because we are, you know, there. whether you believe the polls that say we're a dwindling, you know, group or not, you know, at the same time, there is something to leverage. There is a voice. There is a mess. There is power to leverage. But are we doing it effectively? Is saying that I'm going to vote for Hillary Clinton and then later on I'm going to ask her for X, Y, and Z. Well, you know, that's the age old, you know, adage right there. Why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? If you already gave it away, why do I have to listen to you now? I mean, like, like that don't even, that don't even make no sense. So it's, it's a real interesting tension, but at the same time, to get to Bryce's points, the Republicans are idiots, but you don't just have two parties. I know there's not just two parties. This unfortunately is the dichotomy that we have. And these unfortunately are people who will hold the majority of the seats in the Senate, in Congress, 
Um, these are people who, between those two, who are making decisions to term the next several Supreme Court appointments and things of that nature. We can't ignore it and act like this is not the nature of the system. What we do need to realize, though, is that we're in for the long haul. So if you are green and you do see that value in getting that 5%, again, get involved in state and local green activity and help grow, right? Because it's great to grow support. But are you growing power? Are you growing those voices? We need more people in the legislature, in Congress, who have a certain mindset so we can start tipping the scale. You know, like we we, we need that. We need that. Um, shout out to Barry Welsh in uh, Indiana 6th Congressional District. Um, he tweeted us the other day. If you guys remember, I had interviewed Barry a couple uh, weeks back. Um He's actually within the margin of error in his race, which is very cool. Um, he's running against a Trump Republican, Koch brother funded individual. So hopefully, you know, that 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 support can actually leverage into the power necessary to, to, to tip the scales in that space. As always, um, Jesse Smith down in Alabama, third congressional district, brother, you know, <laughs> I gotta see if I can get on get get down that way before um before showtime to to lend a hand. But but we have people that need our voice um across the country, particularly those who stood up, you know, heeded Bernie's call and decide they were gonna run for office. We can't just leave them hanging out, you know, three sheets to the wind just because the establishment has decided. You know, despite what Donna Brazier says in her little letters, if any of you guys got the proud Democrat, whatever letter, I don't know if any of you out there got that. But, um, you know, they're trying to fight to get good progressives elected in all 50 states. Eh, you know, we can probably find several examples of where that's not true. Um, and those are two gentlemen that I just mentioned um, where that is definitely the case. Also, uh, back to Bryce's point, this, this whole notion, I do think, you know, Donald Trump says things that sound logical rational, even good, right? Um, Pence talks very calmly and says things very, you know, methodically. Um, you know, he talks like this. And you almost you almost think he's competent. And you can't forget who these people are and what they've done and other things they talked about. That's because they sound really rational in this moment doesn't mean that that negates all this other stuff. And one of the things that I've noticed with people so much is Donald Trump keeps talking about the election is rigged. Okay. Today he 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 or was he yet yeah, earlier today he he talked about a constitutional amendment for term limits for Congress. Good luck getting Congress to vote on term limits for themselves. Um, it sounds like you know in theory it sounds like a good idea. You get a new pipeline of of people in there. I mean you you can have term limits if you actually have people who instead of paying homage to folks and refusing to run a against them, refusing the primary, then we actually run people in primaries to see who's the best person to represent a community, right? Um, but but good luck doing that. You know, actually getting the constitutional amendment passed um, and ratified is an uphill battle. Um, so be wary of when people promise you that they're going to get constitutional amendments to do stuff. That goes for any of the candidates. Um, but what concerns me is he'll say logical stuff that makes sense. Like he's been talking about election rigging. And a lot of people I've noticed have trauma. And uh, granted, it was a traumatic experience. It was a rightfully, it's, it's, it's understandable that people feel this way and get so excited when someone's talking. But you can't assume that just because people are using the same words, the English language is very tricky like that. We might have words and phrases that's, that mean different things to different people. And so when Donald Trump is talking about election rigging, and if you've ever paid attention to anything he talks about, he uses the standard bearer lines 
from the Republican Party about uh, voter fraud. Voter fraud does not exist. There's like such a minuscule, it's infinitesimal amount of alleged incidents occur a year. It's not a real threat. That's not to be confused with election fraud, which many people do. Um, and I understand that, you know, people people confuse them, but that's why we, those people who actually know this stuff, need to take the time to break it down for people until we're all clear and on the same page. When Donald Trump is talking about voter fraud and election rigging, he's talking about things like how he's accusing illegal immigrants and we shouldn't be calling people illegal. That's a whole other story. But 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 undocumented individuals, he he's talking about people coming across borders to vote against him. This is the insanity that you're saying you agree with when you're saying you agree with Donald Trump's statements on election rigged. The election is rigged because the media is against him. This, this jerkwad has received by far, by far, astronomical, and we can talk about, you know, what it is and what it isn't, but like he has received so much more lenience. He has received so much more coverage. Like, they don't even fact check him. I mean, now that, you know, they, 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 they make a big deal, but for the longest, he went part of the reason why he is even in a position. And we can talk about where that came from, from the WikiLeaks. And they, they, they had an agreement to, to boast him up and make him look good. But this is what I'm saying. Knowing everything that, you know, knowing that there is a possibility, this is where I get my little tinfoil hat a little bit, that this is a conspiracy that he does not really want to be president, that he was just running to make her look better. Right, like knowing all this stuff, why the hell would y'all agree when he says this crazy stuff? Like, like seriously, election fraud is the type of stuff that we saw that that was alleged to have happened in Arizona, in Nevada. You know, there, there are real instances in New York. Right, there are so many situations where we saw possible situations of election fraud. Voter fraud is this idea that individual voters are defrauding the system. You know, the funniest thing about Donald Trump alleging voter fraud, there's a video. Billy Bush got a video. He showed on Access Hollywood some time ago about voting. And apparently back in 2004, he went to the polls with Donald Trump. And guess what happened? Donald Trump couldn't vote because he wasn't registered. And he was pissed and wanted them to let him vote anyway, even though he wasn't registered. And apparently he tried to go to a different polling location to vote. He couldn't because one, he wasn't registered and two, it wasn't his polling location. So here we in 2016 have this man going off about alleged voter fraud when he himself 12 years ago tried to commit voter fraud. What the hell? White privilege on steroids. Like seriously, I mean, you know, so, so I keep harping on it because voter fraud, this is this is the first presidential election in 50 years. This is the first presidential election in 50 years that does not have the protections of Section 5 of the Voting Rights Amendment. That was part of what we also saw in Arizona. Part of the issues in Arizona was a Section 5, would have, would have been addressed under a Section 5 review. And, 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 and it's huge because it's since 2013, we have seen, we have not had any real effort. Not a, both sides claim that, you know, voting is important and blah, blah, blah. But we have not had a bipartisan effort to, to, to not only restore fully the Voting Rights Act, but make sure that all Americans, all those who are eligible to vote and be engaged in the process actually have the access and means to do so. Why? Because there's a, elites don't want you to vote. They don't, they want the appearance of your ability to vote. But if you actually vote and you actually vote your conscience, you actually get involved and vote. This is why, you know, 
the Koch brothers and others are so giddy when turnout is low. You know, people have to be involved and engaged in the process. And we can't just sit there and say, see, this is why I don't vote. No, you can't just vote one time and it doesn't turn out the right way. Voting is a tool. It is not the answer. It is not the end all be all. And, and you know, um, Vice Presidential Candidate Barack talks about that in the piece I referenced earlier. It's it's a tool. It, it's And we use tools to build, right? And we have to be active and engaged. And it's not enough that I know to vote, but I let my five people down a block not vote. We have to do it in mass and in numbers because as we grow support, in order to grow power, we have to be able to leverage our numbers because we may not have the money and influence in the same way, but we have the numbers. We have bodies, we have people, we have knowledge, we have power. And so we have to figure out a way to make that happen and grow, not just on, you know, national calls and all these great grandeurs and letters, you know, that we write on behalf of the left or whatever, but, but in real actual organizational grassroots local level change, we have to support organizations that, that are coming at, coming together, that are building to address these issues. Voter education, outreach, and support is where we need to be putting some of our efforts. No, it's not the end all be all. No, know that you don't drop everything else you're working on. But at the same time, it really absolutely does matter. And in a lot of cases, we have Republican judges, Republican. And it's not just that it's it's not just along party lines, but Republicans have an increasingly problematic history with coming down on the wrong side of issues, particularly when it comes to issues of voting rights, well, civil rights and human rights in general. And don't give me that old with Republicans and the party of Lincoln. Yo. One day I'm just going to have to go off about Lincoln. I'll probably just read my son's fifth grade paper that he wrote about Lincoln because clearly some of you aren't as smart as a fifth grader. <laughs> but but that's 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 it, growing support and, or growing power. I mean, what are we doing? It's great that we, we can get the numbers and bodies out there, but what are we doing to grow the power? What are we doing to grow the leverage that we need to actually turn the tide and move beyond this incremental one step forward, three steps back BS that we've been in with the existing parties for all this time? So I haven't done this yet. Um, ben has done it. And this does not mean that I'm all of a sudden going to be blowing rainbows up her butt, but um if you are somebody and you feel that you can't vote for either the two main party candidates or you're on the fence about it, or you're not really sure what to do, they're predicting Hillary's going to win and blow it out anyway. Vote for Jill Stein. Get the Green Party to that 5%. I'm voting for Jill Stein here in Georgia. Unfortunately, it's a write-in, but it is she is actually a write-in. Um, I just got to make sure I, I got to make sure I'm not sure if I have to write both their names in or how that works. But Jill Stein is a write-in here in Georgia. I'm voting for Jill Stein. I believe my mom and them is voting for Jill Stein too. Not sure. Can't speak for my mom, but I'm voting for Jill Stein. I'm writing her in. Getting the Green Party to 5%. I do have my issues that I've spoken about. Um, you know, uh, there's a piece, I think, from back in like January where the 2008 vice presidential candidate, um, Rosa Clemente, even talks about some of the persisting issues of liberal racism that does continue to exist in the Green Party. I mean, every party has their issues. It's a political party. Everything has their issues. But I do think that there is value. And I think here in Georgia, it's either if they get 2% of the, I think it's 2% of the vote, they'll have ballot access in 2018. And that's what's really important. Because that's what we keep talking about, how it's important to get options and it's important to make changes. Well, you got to get out and vote. But it's not enough for you to get out and vote. You actually got to help make sure other people are educated about the issues and the possibilities and getting out and vote. Because what's happening right now is we have a Democratic Party that has been more than happy to swing right and pick up all these Republicans. And yeah, they're going to win the presidency, 
but they're hammered. They're about to hemorrhage more seats because they're not they're not paying attention to down ballots. They're not organizing on a block like they need to. And that's where us, the progressives, the left, that's where we can pick up the slack and really, really get an end. So I'm gonna leave you with that note. But yes, I have finally said it. Um, we need to get we need to help get the Green Party to that five percent. Um, because see, nationwide, like see, it, it's doable. Um, and I think that instead of trying to turn voters, which I think is something that people have been doing all wrong all along, actually get out there. There are people who are not interested in voting because they don't believe the system works for them. Reach out to people in your community, in your world. You know what I'm saying? There are people who might be interested in hearing some of the stuff that Dr. Stein and, and, and Dr. Barack are talking about. Um, you know what I'm saying? There's stuff that they might want, they want to hear about the Stein Barack ticket. Like a lot of people still don't know about them. So, so do what you can get out there, flyer. I mean, it, it's, you know, pitching. And I know a lot of us donated money to Bernie and kind of tapped out now. It don't take nothing to do, to print off a couple of half sheet, you know, get some information to flyers, half sheet them, print them off real quick. Might cost you like $4. Hand them out at the train station, hand them out like on your way to work, put them on people's, I mean, do it, or just, like I said, talk to people that you know. Because um, if people are on the fence, because there are quite a few people out there who are still like, I don't know if I want to be involved. I don't even know if I feel like voting. I mean, definitely also learn, figure out what's on your ballot. Look at what's on your ballot and pay attention. Like I said, here in Georgia, we have four amendments. There's some other special provisions I think we have for Atlanta specifically. You know, look at look at a sample ballot to see what the wording is, because that's been one of the big things here with the, uh, uh, the OSD here. Um, is the fact that the wording is very tricky. And that's one of the biggest complaints. So they've been trying to like do outreach around even the wording and understanding. So know who the different people are on your, on your ballot. Like for all these other different election, elected positions, who's running for your sheriff? That knucklehead Clark up in Wisconsin continues to run for sheriff. And apparently I've been told that he does not run unopposed. He actually does have a challenger at times when he runs and he still wins. That's something, that's a strategy that needs to happen. Right now, Color of, Ch Color of Change, um, you may have seen their uh, petitions, colorofchange.org. They actually have a strategy where they're looking at, they're targeting certain district attorney races right now and trying to leverage support around there. So there are a lot of organizations out there. You may see people talk about, you know, they really feel like they need to defeat Trump, but don't just get so caught up in people using that language, right? That you don't look beyond to see what they're actually doing. Because I really do think that that mentality that he has absolutely has to be stumped out. And voting against Trump, voting for Jill Stein is a vote against Trump. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. It's a vote against imperialism. It's a vote against American exceptionalism. Your voice, your vote. Like, seriously, we 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 have an opportunity in this election cycle. Um, and I hope, if it, and, and I'm going to say this, if it does not turn out, you know, as well as people hope, you know, in terms of getting to this 5%, work with the Green Party so that in the next several, in the next few cycles, you know, this midterm election that will be coming up and then the next presidential election that we're even in an even stronger position than before. I mean, we got to keep working at it, right? Because nobody's just going to let you. Like when everyone's like, well, we need to change the rules. We need to do this. Well, if you're not sitting on any of them committees, if you're not in any of them, any of them rooms, how are you going to change something that you don't have privy to? You have to find a way to insert your process and make it happen. So that's what I have for tonight. 
go check out the Chicago Bond from Fund disparities and 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 bonds and bails and issues like that is it's I mean it's taken away from people's ability to to live right I mean you you get pinched for something small something minuscule um and if you're not able to to make bond you could lose your job or if you can't make it to work um there's just all types of stuff going on so um also check out you know uh bats badass t-shirts <laughs> there are several so many different groups out there um the NAACP like I said the NAACP passed their resolution um there's just a lot of good work going on pay attention to what's going on vote 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 state local elections is absolutely important school board elections like Candace was talking about earlier and figure out the issues that actually matter to you and then see where people stand on those issues and if you don't I know a lot of people say they don't have good choices well then look to see who is working on making sure you have better choices and maybe you compare it with them for the next go around so this has been the Benjamin Dixon show I'm Anoa host of the way with Anoa um thank you all for hanging in there and we are out for the night Talk to you later. Bye. The Benjamin Dixon Show is only possible with listener support. Go to www.thebenjamindixonshow.com to register for our blog, join the Progressive Army, and support The Benjamin Dixon Show. If you like this episode, be sure to share, like, and subscribe.